Luke chapter 2, the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, I do appreciate your prayers and love and concern and remembering my birthday and many gifts that we've already mentioned that pastor appreciation is a blessing and we'll just serve the Lord all the way till they <laughs> take me to that home and y'all can come visit me there. All right, Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2 and verse 40. We'll be talking about this passage in, in Christmas time, this chapter, but I want to talk about one particular part of it. Luke chapter 2, verse 40, speaking of the Lord Jesus as he grew up from being a little child on up to about 12 years old, it says, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child, Jesus, tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. There are plenty of Christians that have gone on about their lives uh, supposing that the Lord is right there with them and that they're still in fellowship with the Lord because they haven't done one or two or three bad things that they think is the real bad things that really mean you're backslidden. But they think that they're still in close fellowship with the Lord and they're wrong. He's gone. And here we have a great example of this and many times this has been preached that way. They're supposing him to have been in the company and the Lord isn't there. And every now and then, it's good for you to check in your Christian life and see if the Lord is with you. Amen, that's good. And I, I don't mean that he leaves you in the sense that you lose your salvation. Of course, we believe that salvation is eternal life. However, in his blessing and in his power and in his fellowship, you sometimes lose him. All right, uh, verse 45, And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And sometimes a, sometimes a child will do that. You think, I heard, I heard one just here recently. I'll see if I can remember it here. Uh, it was a, a little seven-year-old was telling their little five-year-old what the word demand meant. And I don't remember exactly how he uh, defined it at this moment. But it, it, it showed great insight and wisdom. I'll see if I can, I can recall that from the memory banks here in a minute. Verse 48, And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And, of course, you and I know that um, Joseph was not Jesus' father, but this is Mary saying this, and the infidels and liberals have tried to use that uh, to claim that Joseph was his father, but uh, obviously that's not the case. Verse 49, And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. 
But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. All right, so the Lord Jesus is just 12 years old here, and uh, he gets left by his parents, and he's there for at least three days, and yet, look how he handles himself. So I'm going to talk tonight on one that I bring out every few years called What to Expect from a 12-Year-Old. And uh, there's a lot of 32-year-old men in our day Amen. that couldn't have handled themselves Amen. as well as Jesus did at 12 years old. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll uh, give us some wisdom and knowledge from these things, God. And I pray we'll learn some practical things from your book about how that uh, children should be able to handle themselves by the time they get to this age. And I pray that you'd help some of our immature adults of our day to better learn how to handle themselves as we look to the Lord Jesus, even at 12 years old, as an example. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, 1 Peter 2.21 says, uh, talking about the Lord, it says, Leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. So it's a real good idea to follow the steps of the Lord Jesus. And by the way, that passage over there in 1 Peter 2 is talking about how the Lord took verbal and emotional abuse and did not retaliate. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again, but committed himself to the Lord, to his Father. Can you do that? Most of us can't. And then it says, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. <laughs> Boy, that would put a lot of us in the altar, won't it? All right, now let's look at Luke chapter 2 and see uh, what we learn about Jesus at this stage of his life. It says in verse 40, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now it says he, was, he waxed strong in spirit. Now, a lot of times young men at this age are getting into playing sports. Some of them like soccer, a lot of them do all over the world. Some of them like football, some of them like baseball, and some of them like basketball. And uh, they're getting stronger and stronger. And some of the, uh, somebody I know is playing lacrosse. And you know what you do when you play lacrosse? You run and you, you, you build up some muscles. And when you play soccer, you're building some muscles. And when you play basketball and football, you're building some muscles. They'll put you in the weight room to prepare for it. And everybody's worried about getting strong in their body. Let me tell you something. It would be a great improvement in this country if we had some more young men, even in adolescence, getting strong in their spirit. One of the big absences in our day is teaching of the Word of God and spiritual things to children and adolescents. And you see the evidence in the language that they use and the clothes they wear and the groups they hang out with and the uh, music they listen to and the entertainment that they look at. It is wrecking their life. No wonder, no wonder our society is crumbling and falling. Amen. By the time you get up around 12 years old, you, you should be strong in spirit. By that time, you should have heard some Bible stories. By that time, you should have seen some victories in prayer. By that time, you should have heard the stories of some people whose lives changed when they got saved. He's strong in spirit. I'll tell you something else. He's filled with wisdom. 
Now, we often talk about experience, experience, experience. How can this 12-year-old have the experience to have some wisdom? Now, let's be fair. Jesus is an unfair example. He's Yes, it's true he's 100% man, but he's also 100% God. So he's a little different case, but he still, by 12 years old, had some wisdom. Why? He had had some experience. reason we got people in their 30s and 40s with no wisdom is they don't really have any experience. They haven't really done anything. Haven't really learned anything. They haven't put in much time to work. Every spare minute is on some waste of time at best, if not something evil at worst. But here's a young man and he's already strong in spirit and filled with wisdom. Though he's still a child, Tell you something else. It says, and the grace of God was upon him. Now, usually when we talk about the grace of God, we're talking about somebody getting saved. That's not the case with Jesus, sinless son of God. So he had grace in the other way that we use grace, like uh, he had social graces, or um, he was very gracious to them. Or uh, if somebody needs some help and we have some patience with them, we'll say, uh, show some grace toward them. There's other uses for the word grace. But this is the grace of God specifically on him. Did you know what? When you get in a relationship with God, it ought to show in the grace that you give other people. Amen. So here is Jesus at 12 years old when we would say, well, you know, you got to understand. He's, he's just a kid. He's still learning. And this, the Lord Jesus is already strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God is upon him at this young age. That can and does happen when the word of God is given its proper place, when the spirit and attitude around children is right, when prayer is surrounding that child, when the power of the preaching and teaching of the word of God is going on, when the right kind of music is in place. When those things happen, those things can happen even for children. Strong spirit and filled with wisdom and grace of God. All right, the next thing I notice, it says in verse 41, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Uh, now the law of Moses said to go up there. So you know what they did? They obeyed their Bible. They obeyed their Old Testament. That is the right thing for parents to do. You, you want to have children that at a very young age are ready to serve God and are strong in spirit and filled with wisdom and the grace of God is upon them, here's what you do. Obey your Bible. And again, this may be for 12-year-olds, but there's plenty of adults that need to learn these things. The parents obeyed, obeyed the Bible, kept the children under Bible teaching. When we get reading about the Lord's uh, young adult life, it says that he went into the synagogue and, as was his custom, read. So he was already in the habit of going Amen. to the synagogue and reading. And when he read, every eye was on him. There was some power there. Why? Well, first of all, because he's the Lord Jesus. But second of all, his parents did the right thing in keeping him under Bible teaching. Now, what does, a, what does a young child see when they're going to special meetings over there at Cornerstone Baptist Church, when they go to special meetings here at Victory Baptist Church, when they're in Sunday school and under preaching? 
come into prayer meeting, they realize, okay, this isn't just some crazy thing that mom and daddy got going. We're part of a bigger movement. There is something bigger going on here. The Lord has spoken to a bunch of people. It's not just my daddy's crazy idea. It's not just my mama's silly religious idea. No, there's something going on. There's a movement here. God is doing something. And so when he, when he went to the Passover, he saw all those people coming to Jerusalem for the Passover. You What you do, you hear about the works of God. You hear about that time when the children of Israel were in Egypt and the Passover lamb was uh, slain. And when the death angel came by, if he, saw the, if he saw the blood on the door, he passed over them and went to the next house. He heard about the works of God. You know, one reason we're getting so heathen in this country, there are more and more people that has not even heard Amen. of God. Uh, people from the 1950s in this country saw what kids know today, they would be appalled at how biblically illiterate they are. They don't even know about God's they, many of them don't even know a saved person in our major, in some of our major cities. They heard about the works of God. They knew that the Lord was sending a Messiah. They knew to be looking for these things. Why? People were talking about it. All right, let's look down at verse 42 to 45 and get this picture of this point in time. Jesus' young life. It says, verse 42, And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. So he's 12 years old, still a child, uh, normally would have just a very little independence. And they, they didn't give him independence. They didn't give him permission to be alone for three days. They just assumed, you know, there was a whole bunch of family members at this thing. They just assumed he was with some of them. And yet, he was able to be alone for days. There are plenty of 12-year-olds that wouldn't know what in the world to do if they were suddenly left alone for days. There are plenty of adults that would not have any idea of how to decently conduct themselves and take care of themselves if they were left alone for days. We all teach people better than that. I remember when I was, I don't know how old I was. Ever since I can remember, I knew our address, phone number, and who to go to if I got lost. We lived in the big old Virginia Beach, world's largest resort city. Daddy was in the Navy, and I guess they just figured, I better know these things. And it's just one of those things I've known ever since I can remember. 3413 Poppy Crescent, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456, 804-427-1655. I remember our telephone number from the 1970s and the address. I don't remember when I learned it. It's like John 3.16. I've just always known it. I don't remember memorizing John 3.16. I can never remember a time I didn't know. I don't remember the day somebody taught me how to play tic-tac-toe. I've just always known how to play tic-tac-toe. 
And you know what? There ought to be some things that from the time a child can ever remember, they know. And by the time you're 12 years old, for sure, you are to know, okay, now if I was to get separated from my parents, here's what I'll do and have a plan. And he did. And you know what his plan was? Serve his father. He headed right straight to where you do that. What a blessing that is. But if he's able to be alone for days, he was able to dress himself. Three days. He was able to feed himself. Three days. He was able to lodge himself. Three days. He stayed out of trouble for three days. He entertained himself for three days. Was he in a dangerous place when they found him? No, he was right there in the temple. That was where his interest was. Boy, wouldn't it be a blessing if we knew that our kids, by the time they were 12 years old, if they did get left in a city, we could go to the local Bible-believing Baptist church, and that's where they'd be, because that's who they're familiar with, and that's where they know some people. <laughs> and that's where they know some people would take care of them. I mean, we live in a day with smartphones and everything where this probably isn't going to happen. I realize that. But it sure is good when that's where your heart goes. And that's where you want to be. So what an interesting picture in this point in time. All right, now look at verses 46 and 47. It says, And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. That means he was very interested. That means he was digging. Whenever you're not interested, you don't really ask any questions. That's true. You just say, oh, well, whatever that means, who cares? I'm, it's not about that, he was digging. You remember when the Lord Jesus said, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again? And uh, Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into his mother's womb a second time and be born? You know what he was doing? He was saying, now look, explain that to me. Most people would say, born again. Move on. They just they don't care. Nicodemus actually wanted the answer. Remember the woman at the well? We worship in this mountain. You worship. You say in Jerusalem is the place that people are to worship. She wanted some answers. She asked Jesus about it. And when Jesus saw that she was interested, you know what he did? He asked her something. He said, Go get your husband and come here. <laughs> I mean, boy, he hit her right in the sore spot, didn't he? He brought up the uncomfortable thing. But you know what that did? That impressed her. And she ran and said, come see the man that told me everything I've done. And when you see somebody is actually interested enough to ask, that means they, they mean business. They want to know some things. So here, verse uh, 46 and 47 we see he takes initiative. He goes to the temple on his own. Joseph and Mary don't take him. They're gone. Three days later, there he is, in the midst of the doctors hearing and asking questions. And when he asked the questions, by the nature of the questions, they could tell that he knew some stuff they couldn't believe. Yeah. He astonished them yeah. with his understanding. You know how you get understanding? You get understanding studying the Word of God. 
Young men, study the Word of God, especially the book of Proverbs, but all of the Word of God, the whole counsel of God. So he took some initiative. He took some interest. He headed right straight to the right company. There are plenty of adolescents that if they saw their parents were gone and realized it might be a few days before they got there, they'd head to some bad company because they figure, well, now I wouldn't get caught. Not Jesus. He headed right straight to the temple. He showed some understanding. Uh, when you have some good understanding of something, it's usually something you're interested in. That's right. You know why he had good understanding? He was interested in the Bible. If you'll get interested in the Bible, you'll get some understanding of it. And if you'll get more understanding, you'll get more interested in it. I haven't always been on fire for God, I'm ashamed to say. But one thing I will say, I have always loved the Bible. It thrills me. It fascinates me. I read it every day. I'm not exaggerating. I love it. I study it. I mark things. I remember, hey, wait a minute, that goes with this cross-reference over here. I've got Bible after Bible in my house and cross-references of all of them. The one that has the least is just because it's the newest one. <laughs> I just haven't had the years to put, to put as many in there. Initiative, 12 years old. Interest, right company, understanding. Now look at verse 48 and watch how shocking this gets. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowly. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? At twelve years old, he knew much of his purpose. He knew what he was on this earth for. I realize at twelve years old, you don't know all the details. A lot of times at twenty-two years old, you don't know all the details. But you ought to know the general direction that you're heading with your life from a young age. Amen. I thank God Mom and Daddy brought me up in a Bible-believing Baptist church. I really do. I've been doing a workshop here the last few days, and uh, they were asking different things about your background and everything, and I couldn't possibly tell my background without telling it's a Bible-believing Baptist background. That's where I went to school. That's where I went to church. That's what kind of house we had. That's who a lot of my, most all of my friends were. My family either went along with it or knew that's who we were, the extended family. He knew much of his purpose and, and destiny to a large degree. He knew it was his father's business. He knew he should be doing it. Do you know how many people say, well, now, when I get old enough, that's what I'm going to do. And that's true. There are parts of it you cannot do at 12 years old. There are parts of it you can't do at 22 years old. But you should be doing the parts you can. And you will not get to the parts you need to be doing at 35 until you do the parts you should have been doing when you were 12. That's a good point. And if you, the quicker you get to those, the quicker the Lord will bless you with the next step that you need to take. He knew it was his father's business. He knew it should, he should be doing it. And uh, he stood alone from his peers. If you'll get busy doing the part of God's business that you can be doing, I know you can't do all of it, but get busy with the part you can be doing, you'll be far ahead of people 
five years older than you. That's true. And more experienced than you. And yes, I'm speaking to young people, but a lot of us old people can look back and realize, hey, there's some stuff that I probably should have taken care of at a lot younger age, but it's never too late. Let me go back and take care of that now. But if you can, and believe me, you can at a very young age at least be doing the part you can do. Joseph and Mary, I guess, had lost sight of it or forgot it or had their minds on other things. They're looking all over for him for three days. I, I would think the first place they should have gone was to the temple. But even at this young age, he already knew much of his purpose and his destiny. Right now, verse 50 says a sad thing. It says, And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. Now the reality is when you decide to do right, early on, there are going to be some people that do not understand what the big deal is. One real life-changing decision of mine was that I had the opportunity to get a job I'd really wanted a long time and just thought I could never have it, just thought it was something unattainable and I put in for it and got it! Right about the time things were really uh, heating up in my Bible school where I was going down there in Pensacola and I had to decide now am I going to come back and take that job because I really was wanting it or am I going to press on serving the Lord in Bible school where uh, the money is not near as good? <laughs> and I said, well, I think that's what the Lord wants me to do. I better stay. And it has shaped everything I've done since then for 30 years. Why? Because I realized that was God's purpose for me. That was what I stuck with. Now guess what? When some family members heard, they said, Oh, Bob, hey, you can take a correspondence course or something. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's lots of ways to study the Bible, but the job, the job, the job. Let me tell you something. You start serving God, there are going to be some people who don't understand. And you better learn that at about 12 years old. Because <laughs> if you don't, it's going to give you a real bum steer when you're 16 or 18. This is not a life lesson you learn in your 60s. This is a life lesson you better pick up on early. When you decide to serve God, there are people that, that love you and think that they're looking out for your best interests. They're going to say, no way. I'm looking at Ethan, so I'll say his name. No way, Ethan. That won't make as much money. And you better learn early on. Wait a minute. I, I'm a different case here. The Lord's got a calling on me. I've got to answer God's calling. And the things that the things that may be true for other people aren't true for me. I've got to I've got to obey him. If he has Ethan, for example, in Bible school, since that's the example that I was using. You've got to obey God. And you've got to have that purpose and destiny down when some people real close to you don't understand. Who in the world loved Jesus more than Mary, his mother? Sure, she loved him. But guess what? She understood not. 
when Moses went to fulfill his calling to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, they said, who made you a king over us? In Acts chapter 7, it says, for he supposed that his brethren would understand how that God would deliver Israel by his hand, but they understood not. Here he was there to save them and serve them and help them and deliver them. Here he took up for them and killed that Egyptian that was, that was whooping one of them. And they didn't understand even then. If you're getting into God's work so that you will be appreciated, just go ahead and quit now. <laughs> Sometimes the very people you're going to help will not appreciate it. If you're getting into God's work to impress your family, go ahead and quit now. <laughs> even Mary, blessed among women, did not understand what was going on with Jesus. There's going to be a personal relationship between you and the Lord. And yes, I'm addressing this kind of, sort of, to the younger people, but it's true for all of us that some people real close to you will not understand, and sometimes the people you're helping won't understand and appreciate it. So how did he react? He said, now wait a second, God outranks you parents. God outranks you, Mary and Joseph. And uh, so, I'm sorry, but look what verse 51 says. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. So even not understood, he stayed subject unto them. Just because everybody doesn't understand doesn't mean you get rid of God's authority. He's put over you. Um, in the home, the husband and father should be the authority. Sometimes they're imperfect. How many knows that? <laughs> Sometimes they get the details wrong. How many knows that? Sometimes they do not understand something that the Lord's got going. You know what you do? You still say subject to them. Sometimes parents don't understand. You still say subject to them. Sometimes presidents don't understand, but the military should still stay under their commander-in-chief or else you have a total mess, don't you? Even not understood, he stayed subject to them. This means he was obedient. What does it mean to be obedient, especially at this age? It means you immediately just obey. I love that song we used to sing when I was a kid in school. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Doing exactly what the Lord commands. Doing it happily. Action is the key. Do it immediately. Joy you will receive. So you do it immediately. You do it with a good attitude. There's plenty of child that's been forced to obey. And as the, as the rebellious little kid said one time, I'm obeying on the outside, but I'm disobeying on the inside. You obey immediately with a good attitude about what to drink and eat. There are plenty of people messing up their lives by what they eat and drink through their adolescence. By what they wear, what they read, and what they watch, who they associate with, when to go to bed, when to get up, what to stay busy with. You want some leadership and guidance on this? Turn to the book of Proverbs. 
It'll give you some guidance on it. There's a lot of warning in there about look out for the evil man, look out for the strange woman, look out for the strong drink, look out for these things. Obedient, immediately, and with a good attitude. I'll tell you something else about staying subject. It's respectful. Boy, we used to do a better job in this country Amen. than this. I remember when I was about first grade, went off to a Christian school. Mom and Dad put me in a Christian school there at Tabernacle. One of the first things I remember Daddy noticing was that all of a sudden, every adult, I was saying, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. No, sir, and no, ma'am. Because you know what? They weren't doing that all over the neighborhood. It made a difference. Respectful. Well, the Bible says, honor all men. But there should be some honor we give people. Just for being a human. There's a level of respect we give to our authority, to our principal at school, to our teacher at school, to our coach at school, to our commanding officer, to our boss at work. There's a respect there, but there's also a respect that we give just to our common fellow man. There's a respect we give to the opposite sex. There's, a res there's other uses of the word respect. And there certainly should be a respect we give to authority like parents when we're, uh, when we're minor children. So when he was subject unto them, even though he had a calling from God, he was still subject to the authority God had put over him. Some of you uh, know that I have a background in a couple of different colleges. And when I went to one that didn't agree with my stance on the Bible and uh, philosophy of the church and some things like that, I didn't get mad and run off angry. I said, well, wait a minute. I believe it's the Lord's will for me to be here at this college. There's some things I'm learning in some other areas. So I'm going to stay subject and be under their rules while I'm here. And how I conduct my life later is my business. But while I'm here, I'm going by their rules. I signed a little agreement said I would. And I did. Uh, when you're under somebody's authority, go by their rules. They won't have every single thing just exactly like you do. But you submit yourself under them. Why? Because I believe God has you there. All right? Uh, so he was strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace of God. Uh, his parents have him at the Passover and all the things that that means. There's a wonderful picture of this point in time where only 12 years old, still a child, with this little bit of independence that you have at that age, he's still able to be alone for days, dressed himself, fed himself, lodged himself, entertained himself, stayed out of trouble, stayed in the temple. He took the initiative and the interest and the right company and the understanding to be in the temple on his own and with the right kind of people. He knew much of his purpose and his destiny. He knew that it was his father's business. He knew that he should be doing it whenever he had an opportunity. And even not understood, he still stayed subject, obedient, and respectful. Now let's look at the last verse here in Luke chapter 2. The Bible says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. Well, wait a minute. It, it says already back here in verse 40, Filled with wisdom, and yet it says here in 52, and Jesus increased in wisdom. You should be growing. Amen. There is something wrong with somebody that gets to a place and doesn't want to grow anymore. 
one thing that really bothers me is occasionally I'll come across a, an older Christian, sometimes even an older preacher, and they just drop completely out of God's work. And I'll talk to them about it, and they'll say, oh, I did that for 30 years. I know what's going on. I don't want to listen to some 30-year-old man tell me something when I know I know way more than him and all that sort of thing. Well, wait a minute. How do you keep growing if you just quit? Uh, it's real tempting sometimes when you've reached a place where you don't really feel like you need anything else to just quit trying. Occasionally, I'm around somebody that's a success. I mean, they're just one of these people. They just have the Midas touch, and the things that they do just, you know, Midas was, that was the old story about the king that everything he touched turned to gold, you know. And uh, so sometimes there are people like that that are a success, and I, I kind of watch them and kind of admire them and kind of jealous of them. And one thing I've noticed about some of them is they just keep growing. When they could be off just laying on the couch at home or traveling the world or whatever they feel like doing, instead, they're learning, learning new apps. They're learning new computer skills. Um, there are so many people their age that I notice are saying, oh, I don't care anything about that. Oh, uh. And yet they're learning something that helped them do a little bit better in business, reach out, and, uh, have contact with some family members that uh, most people their age don't know how to do. So here's Jesus, and he's already at 12, by the time he's a, a, young, a young man, getting close to 12 years old, I guess it is up there in verse 40, he's filled with wisdom, and yet he also increased in wisdom. It says in verse 52, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Growth in wisdom and favor. A good parallel to this is uh, Samuel. The Old Testament, a great, great leader of Israel is Samuel. And uh, he had a similar childhood where he was brought to Eli there. 1 Samuel chapter 2, at a very young age, Samuel's brought in there and served the Lord, and everybody knew that he was there to serve the Lord and would be his whole life. In 1 Samuel 2.26, it says, And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. You don't have to wait till you're 35 years old to get, be in favor with the Lord and with men. Just as soon as you can, you get as close to God as you can, and you be the best blessing to people that you can. And there are plenty of people 65 years old that should hear this and say, you know what, I'm behind. And get just as close to God as they can and be the best blessing to people that they can. And if you'll do that, I'll tell you what it'll do, it'll make the, the rest of your life way more blessed. Yes, it will to be. Um, I forget the guy's name that wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He was writing the book, a book with his daughter when he unfortunately was killed in an accident. And uh, they had just about finished the thing. And uh, his daughter went ahead and was able to finish it. And it's called Live Life in Crescendo. And he gives story after story after story of people who after they had retired did things that was way bigger than they ever did while they were working and that they're known for. 
that's, that's just one of the books I keep right beside my bed. And when I get a free minute, I pull, pick up and read a chapter or two of that. And sometimes get shouting and sometimes get crying. <laughs> Woo, that's a blessing. And uh, here's what they did. They didn't quit. In their 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s, they kept thinking, now what can we do to be a blessing and a help to this neighborhood? And next thing you know, it was, it was such a big uh, blessing in their neighborhood, they did it in the whole city. And next thing you know, it was so big, it grew to the state. And sometimes it grew to nationwide things that they started in their neighborhood. And then 75 years old, or some age like that. And he just gives story after story after story after story. Don't quit serving God. Amen. You keep serving him all the way till he calls you home. And not one of them went, oh, I am so sorry I did this. It is just too much work. I am so miserable. Now, right now, when I think about taking something else on, I go, oh, man, <laughs> I, want, I want to run to the couch, man. But not one of those people who did those things and got involved in all those things is sorry for it. They're all glad that they did. What did he do? He increased in, in wisdom and stature and in favor. He increased his, his increased capacity Increased his wisdom and his favor. First Samuel chapter 18, telling the story of David when he was still a very young man. It says, David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name was much set by. Now listen, don't stop even in old age, but start as soon as you can. And the sooner you start, the better it will be, and it is never too late. You've heard the story of uh, Colonel Sanders starting uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken in his senior citizen years, and uh, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to start giving story after story from that book, Live Life in Crescendo, of all the people that just kept things going. It's a blessing. But the Lord Jesus, you know what He did? He's 12 years old. He was already starting. He was saying, well, I can't do everything at 12 years old. I still got to be subject to Mary and Joseph. But if I got three free days, they're going to be in the temple. And you can decide right now that every time you get an opportunity, you're going to do the part that you can do. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you.